0: What's up, rap fans? Welcome back to the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast, keeping you up to date on hip hop music in 2018. I'm your host, Kyle French. Today is October 6th, and we have some huge releases to get to. Those being Drogas Wave by Lupe Fiasco and Iridescence by Brock Hampton. I usually hop into some news or current events or whatever, whatever. But Lupe has given me so much with this album to talk about, I can hardly put it into perspective in an hour, let alone like my usual 10 minutes. So that's going to run long, so I'm getting rid of that other segment. We will have our Hot in the Streets song of the week from a powerhouse duo, and our new music wrap-up will run through what just dropped, what's dropping next week. So that's the blueprint for the show today. You can also follow me on Instagram at hiphopenth, H-I-P-H-O-P, ENTH daily content, other album reviews. Right now, I'm actually doing a series about 10 albums that have personally impacted me. So, if you're interested in getting even more knowledge on the hip hop game and becoming even more woke with some more dope content, that's where you can find it at hip hop and on Instagram. Best way to contact me is through there as well. So, if you have any questions, critiques, suggestions, you know, whatever about the show, that's where you can do it. Or if you just want to kick it in the DMs, talk about some dope music, that's cool too. But like I said, we got a lot to get to with this new Lupe Fiasco album, so let's get into it. Drogas Wave. Lupe Fiasco, Chicago rapper, fairly well known. Uh, If you're a hip-hop head at all, you've definitely heard of him. He's a very conscious, lyrical rapper. That's usually the, uh, the mold that he fits. Early on, looked like a young legend. Beginning to his career was, I would compare it to similarly what Kendrick Lamar is doing now. Like, he's two, three albums in, and you're like, damn, this guy is, like, on trajectory to be one of the greats. And that's where Lupe was. Classic debut with Food & Liquor. Very quality follow-up with The Cool. Then kind of dropped off hard with, like, Lasers and Food & Liquor 2. He claimed that this drop-off and, like, lack of effort going into his albums was because of this horrible record contract he was stuck in. He basically was saying, you know, if they're not going to, you know, treat me as I should and and like give me the money that I deserve and give me a fair contract and basically screw me over, then I'm not going to put my best foot forward music-wise and give them the quality that they would like from me. And it was kind of up in the air. Like, you know, you dropped two bad albums, maybe it's an excuse, but he backed up his claims, dropped Tetsuo and Youth in 2015, complete return to form, extreme lyrical capacity, concept complexity. It was amazing. And then 2017, we got Drogas Light. This was by far the worst album of his career, a complete dud. Just for perspective, on my top 100 albums last year, it was like 92 or something like that. Like, not even competitive for being a good album of last year. So I had no idea what to expect. He's been up and down. I do believe he's a genius, but is he washed? I don't know what's going on, right? So I heard the release date with very little notice. it It got moved up due to the album being leaked. So there wasn't much of a rollout for this album. I had no idea what we were gonna get. But I never expected this thought provoking masterpiece that he dropped for us. It comes in at a daunting twenty-four tracks and nearly two hours of content. But this Drogos Wave literally had me fully invested the entire runtime. Whether it was these like amazing themes and subject matter and metaphorical songs that he put together or it's just cutting-edge lyricism and flow. Like, The dude was just killing it on every level that a rap artist can kill it on. And so let's get into the background of like what this album's about. Lupe clarified on Twitter, this is a double album. So we're going to start off looking at the first half. This is the half titled Wave. And this set of songs revolves around a mythological tale that Lupe actually created himself called The Myth of Long Chains. He's always been a huge history buff and like mythical tradition, spiritual guy, always getting into that stuff. And he basically decided to make up his own. And the tale goes that when Western cultures were shipping slaves across the Atlantic Ocean, many of them, and this is true, would dive overboard and they would rather drown in the ocean than become slaves in these Western civilizations. And Lupe spins these facts into this narrative that they did not really drown, but instead found new life living underwater. And some would walk the seafloors back to their homes in Africa, while others stayed to sink traveling slave ships, pulling them under with the chains shackled to their wrists. It's an incredibly deep reimagination of slavery and black identity, and the imagery I found to be really touching. And it fits like the black spiritual belief that they're like descendants of the sun and the stars, children of nature, So it's only right that nature in the form of the ocean basically tried to save them and offer them a home outside of, you know, the tragedy that they were being shipped into slavery. And Lupe's never he's never straightforward about the situations he's presenting. And he masks a lot of the themes of this album or the settings of this album in like unidentified perspectives. And he's been pretty vocal on Twitter trying to explain elements of this album, and one thing he did say about it is that he labels himself an expressionist as opposed to a hyper-realist, meaning that his settings are not high-resolution or concrete, but instead he just dives into a character, and it's up to you to decipher the context clues to figure out whose perspective he's rapping from, where they are, what the setting is, who's also in the scene with him. And he doesn't really clue you into any of this stuff, except for a few minor things. It makes the album very hard to unpack and think about. But once you once you do wrap your head around it or dive fully into it, it's so worth it. Um, the track Manila clues us into multiple themes. The chorus repeats, Don't Ruin Us God Said, which can be shortened to the acronym, acronym D-R-U-G-S, Don't Ruin Us God Said. And we hear this phrase repeated throughout the album, and it ties right back into the title, Drogas, which is Spanish for drugs. And now we find out that drugs, he does use it as a literal term later on the album, but also as this term, Don't Ruin Us, God Said. And we also notice that these water themes are going to show up repeatedly. And although they may seem coincidental at first, Lupe definitely did this purposefully due to this long chain smith in the ocean playing a huge part of this album and so after Lupe runs through Manila listing things that you know are obstacles to him he then throws it back in time with this this outro poem that sounds like a kid is doing at like a school report which details what Manila is and what it represents and that is a it was a tradable commodity they were basically like silver and gold bracelets that were exchanged for human lives in slavery times and so these ships would be sent with thousands of Manila and they would trade one of these bracelets for one African slave. And these were being sold to the kings of the like African nations. And the cover art to this album is a Manila. And I think that's like a huge part of what this album is about, the idea that they sold their own people for just this materialistic piece of metal. And then this outro to Manila ends with uh, him describing this ship that mysteriously sank. They think it hit a rock or whatever. And this is where Lupe's theory comes in that it didn't hit a rock. It was the slaves that were living on the depths of the sea floor that pulled the ship down and sank it on purpose. Um, And then the next few songs he raps from the perspective of the slaves living beneath the surface painting. These beautiful images of their new lives and freedom and the newfound comfort they found in the water Uh, Nikki Jean provides gorgeous hooks on Down and Haile Selassie as well. The latter, the track Haile Selassie, is profoundly and proudly black using quotes from the historical person Haile Selassie who was emperor of Ethiopia and gave a powerful human rights speech at the League of Nations in the 1930s. And by the way, I don't know all this off top. I had to do uh, so much like research to figure out all these historical references Lupe was making and all the context that surrounds this album. It's not that he's, like, hiding these messages or they're, like, these cryptic, like, decodings. It's just, like, if you don't know, like, history, like, to a T, then a lot of this stuff is going to fly over your head. And this is one of those songs since Haile Selassie uses quotes from the man himself talking about basically just basic human rights and how every man is equal under God, and so on. And just this full first half was really cohesive and really well put together and followed, like, a sequence of events detailing these, the lives of these people. And there's some really sweet lines on here, like one that's become kind of an anthem of this album that a lot of people latched onto is on Manila when Lupe says you can survive anything if you survive blackness. And then another line that I really like, I believe it's on Wave Files when he says the sea's salty because it cried with us, which, once again, just shows Lupe's creativity and, like, his, his basically made-up myth of, you know, why the ocean is salty is because of all of the slaves that were crying, and it. it's like, damn. Like, there's just so many, like, profound, like, lines, and it was just one after another. Like, I mean, Lupe just killed the full first half of this album. It ends with the track Alan Forever, who, if you don't know, Alan Kurdi was a uh, Syrian child... Whose family attempted to escape from Syria as refugees during that crisis in uh, the past couple of years. I think this was in 2015, and their tiny, overcrowded boat flipped over, and Alan drowned. Later, washing up on shore, and in Alan Forever, Lupe describes, and he makes up this like alternate reality where he survives and later becomes like an Olympic swimmer, and even saves a child from drowning. And the the irony of it obviously is that. He himself, in real life, died from drowning, but in this fictional, like, alter reality, he's, like, the complete opposite. He's the greatest swimmer of all time and even saves a child. And you can also notice the similarity between this story and the myth of long chains that Lupe built a lot of the earlier tracks off of. And I think his point here is that problems that had arisen hundred, hundreds of years ago are still like, relevant today, and the same problems can still arise. And after the song, we will not return to this historical myth of our, our underwater slaves, but instead, the album transitions into how these circumstances impact and are still present in modern society. And some people, I've heard you know, them say that Lupe abandons this concept and completely loses focus at this point. That's far from true. Like he described, this is like a double album that can be listened to as a whole, and the second half is titled Drogas. And it yes, the sequence of events and interconnectivity between tracks vanish a bit, but the themes remain relevant. And this second half deals with like the poisonous ideologies that act as drugs to Lupe's people and lead to enslavement of the mind. And he addresses a lot of problems that his culture faces, some being actual like physical drugs in the like literal sense, but a lot more of them just being like things that plague his community and lead to them moving backwards more than they are moving forwards. And one of those points is the lack of, like, father figures in his community. And we know Lupe has spoken to this in the past. Um, he's had multiple songs about the fact that he didn't grow up with his father. And And the song that most speaks to this problem on this album is the track "Janila Forever, which you remember Alan Forever creating this alternate reality for Alan Kurdi. It's the same idea, but on this song, he's creating an alternate reality for Janilah Watkins. For those who don't know, Janilah Watkins was a six-month-old baby um, in Chicago who was murdered when a gang member attempted to kill her father. They were sitting in a van, and the man shot up the van, not not knowing, I guess, that the child was in there, but either way, she ended up uh, dying from this horrible act. And the song reimagines her future under the context that she didn't die of that tragedy. And instead, she grows up and her father decides, you know, to quit his gang affiliations and he dedicates his whole life to raising her. And she ends up becoming a doctor and basically like this ghetto hero. And the album climaxes with her running out into the street to save a baby who was dying in her father's lap in a car. And with her help, the child survives. The end of the song says, and in that very moment when you gave your help, I bet you didn't know that you saved yourself. And it's just a really powerful, like full circle storytelling track that incorporates like so many valuable lessons and messages. The biggest being the idea that if fathers stick around and raise their children, this is what they can become and therefore save and prevent these tragedies that happened. And I I love the way and the creativity that he depicts this story from, where she literally saves a person who is dying from the same exact circumstances that she actually did in real life. And I think a secondary theme here, which he hasn't been upfront about, but I think another thing at play is the idea of, like, treat others how you want to be treated and do unto a stranger what you do for yourself. And to her, this child in the streets was just... A complete strange that she didn't know, but she gave all of her help and saved their life. And in reality, that was actually her. This song was just absolutely incredible. I think this is the best song that I've listened to in 2018. I've listened to it, no joke, a hundred times. And like, it, it hits me every time. Like, absolute goosebumps. And Lupe just replicates this, like, throughout the whole album. It's not just, like, one of these songs. There's so many, like, just deep tracks like, Stronger alludes to people chasing money in immoral ways with this hook that says, whoever doesn't kill me gets me through the day. And it just gets to the idea that, like, people have almost given up, that they'll just they'll just do anything to survive, and as long as you make it through the day, that's, you know, like, that's all that matters. He details his personal demons of being addicted to chasing wealth, fame, and success on Stack That Cheese, which is, like, a sequel to Hip Hop Saved My Life from the Cool... And on that song, he wanted like hip-hop to save him and remove him from his environment, but now he realizes he was selfish and wants hip-hop to be his vehicle that he turns around and uses to save his people and pull them up with him. We also get Imagine, which irons things out regarding his relationship with Atlantic Records, with him admitting that he's spoken out so many times about this strict, unfair contract that he signed, and he's been so vocal about how much he hates the, you know, the recording company and Whatever, but then he reflects on it, and he's like, that record deal, when I signed it, the money I got on my advance went straight to bailing like people he loved and his friends like out of prison and putting people in better spots to succeed. And I think he feels bad that he's complained so much, and he eventually admits he's like, if that situation went came back again, and I knew everything that I know now going into it, he's like, I would still sign that deal if it meant bringing freedom to my people and I could just go on and on like breaking down this themes and the messages behind like every one of these tracks I feel like I'm barely even scratching the surface on a lot of these so I highly you know recommend that you dive into this album yourself if there's one like hip-hop album that I would say just to fully invest yourself in like look up all the lines behind it all the ideas and themes like Drogas Wave is it like I know it's it's 24 songs and a lot of times the word filler can come to mind and people are like, oh, it didn't have to be 24 songs or you know, they're just going for streams or whatever. Not the case on Drogas Wave. Like Every single track shows evidence of extreme thoughtfulness and creativity. This is like a true hip-hop heads album. It's glorious on the surface, which, by the way, I haven't talked about this enough. I, I don't even think i mentioned it yet. But Lupe, not only did he give us these insane concepts, but on top of that, this is the best rap performance of the year like, mind-blowing rhyme schemes is lyricism is, like, awe-inspiring. Like, my jaw is just dropping listening to some of these verses that, he, that he's able to spit. The way he flips words, institutes, like, the cleverest double meanings on, like, all of his lyrics. I mean, it's, it's captivating, and it just demands re-listening after re-listen after re-listen. Like, even if you don't understand any of the underlying concepts or ideas on this album, just on the surface... It's unbelievable how good of a rap... He raps his ass off on this album. It's insane. So it, it's glorious on the service level, but the real reward, I think, is, you know, for those who dig deeper and gain a greater understanding of Lupe's messaging, I can't say enough about Drogas Wave. And, I mean, I could sit here for hours and just talk about it over and over and go through every song, um, but I'm going to cut it here. I already have run damn near 20 minutes. Uh, But I suggest you definitely listen to this album. Best tracks on here, "Janila Forever, Wave Files, Manila, Mural Jr., Stronger, Cripple, Quotations from Chairman Fred, Stack That Cheese." It goes on and on. Uh, Worst tracks, if I had to pick any, I would say Gold vs. Right Things to Do. And I would recommend this album if you like Kendrick Lamar, Common, or MF Doom. Overall rating, I'm giving this a 9.5 out of 10. It is hands down the best album I've heard this year, my album of the year. And I'll play two samples from this album for you guys. I'm going to play Wave Files, which is from the first half, the wave portion of this album. And then I'm going to play "Janila Forever, honestly one of the most powerful songs that I have ever heard. I'm in absolute awe of this album. Uh, So here it is, Wave Files and "Janila Forever by Lupe Fiasco from Drogas
1: Wave. With us, baptize and convert to the waves with us. I tuned into what the future holds. I can never be a slave, niggas. They gon' have to pay me. Navy downloaded by the titles like Jay Z. That's a roll offshore like an AP. Davey Jones, like a on top of those hoppers off the side of the ship. Suicide didn't die from the dip. Submarine man, keep your eyes on the blips. Sonar, echolocation, and where we are phasing. Get back to our nation. Hola. So we walking back to Africa. I found a detour to the seashore. Yes, jumped off the deck to leave footprints on the depths of the seafloor. Yeah, bones is where the beaches white, where the beaches Cause they beach like so. I'm going back home, it's like a leap last night, so I'm walking on water to my feet, just like Jesus Christ. Wow. with with the tide, sea salty cause it cried with us when we looked it in the eyes like how could you help her beside and apologize and said that i'm sorry with shelter y'all can live down here forever drowning this severed from all your lungs and the lungs of your sons to your daughters the water's a treasure Summon in the forest, talking the trees, like how could you be in the chorus with something so horrid, you became balls for the floors and the doors of the warships, anthropomorphic, the forest returned with a match, made from itself and said burn us with that, then left again and came back with an axe, we can serve you as furniture, furnace us blackie, my bones is what be. about them bullets They slow you up you ain't really dying we watched you grow up at 12 months you took your first steps awkwardly across the kitchen floor to your best your first breaths that we can call words we in your father's lap on november 23rd and they will live for me and he did for you flipped a neutron and stayed inside the crib for you and this commitment from your father imparted a deep sense of value you forever harbor we were all so proud as we seen you getting smarter and the bond grow deep between the mother and the daughter you were not a model. I, yeah. I was just a okay. At six, you start reading whole books. At seven, you knew how I brain looked and could roughly describe all the different regions can tell when we were sick and even knew the reasons the world wasn't at peace gunfire every weekend but you were holly there cause you was always leaving Field museum, planetarium, aquarium, you saw something special in the tank you were staring in. And in those moments, as a little girl, you realized it was a bigger world. Bigger than the south side, bigger than Chicago. You were bigger still when it rims on your car, though, and big ass woofers in your car though So you could wang like your daddy at the park, eating sharks. Went to King where you were teased for being smart. Where you bumped into Hadiyah teaching art. You live. scholarship. At 22 is when you got your doctorate. Even now it's kind of hard to believe. But your father taught you work hard and achieve. And you complied. Accepted by every medical school you applied, But the coolest thing is when they offered you that high paying slot you replied, they need me in the hood. And that's where you reside. Free clinic, nobody denied. That's where you heard the shots and quickly ran outside and saw a man in a van and a bleeding baby in his hands. fading fast but you knew she could survive. Did everything you could to keep this girl alive. Stabilized until the ambulance arrived. And in that moment where you gave your help, I bet you didn't know that you saved yourself.
0: That was Wave Files and Janila Forever by Lupe Fiasco. Just incredible music. So impactful and just, it hits me every time. This album doesn't get old. Like, I know it's two hours long, but... I can just press play and get lost in this every single time. But it wasn't the only album that came out two weeks ago. These releases were on uh, September 21st, by the way, if anyone was wondering. And any other any other week of the year, Iridescence by Brock Hampton would have been my top album. It would have been leading the show. I would have been hyping that up. Phenomenal album. So we're going to get to that right now. It got slightly overshadowed by Drogas Wave, but still deserves a lot of attention. So let's get into it. If you've been listening to the podcast or following the hip-hop enthusiast brand, you know I am obsessed with these guys. I hyped them up all of last year. They dropped three albums, their Saturation Trilogy. Just for reference, I had all three in my top ten of 2018, and Saturation 1 and Saturation 3 were my top two albums. So that's how big I am on this group. And the world's greatest boy band has come back for another one. A few things have changed, so let's address those real quick. First off, major contributor and member Amir Van was removed from the group after abuse allegations and some questionable things surrounding his treatment of women. He was debatably the superstar of the group and a member, he was a favorite among a lot of people. Like, they attributed Brockhampton, Amir Van, right? He was the face of their three albums, and so all of a sudden he's gone. So a lot of people are wondering, how are they going to fill that hole? And then on top of that, the group blew up popularity-wise When they dropped Saturation last year, no one really knew about them. I mean, there was like a cult following, a small group, but they got exponentially bigger. They got a sizable recording contract from RCA. And then on top of that, dropping so much music this close together, there's a lot of pressure to keep it fresh and constantly innovate. So keep that in mind. All of that is building up around this album. I had confidence in them to do it, and I am admittedly fairly biased since. Brockhampton is like my favorite thing about music for the past year and a half now, but I would say they 100% came out the other side of all that with Iridescence in extremely successful fashion, once again experimenting with their production and making some of the more adventuresome, abstract instrumentals you're going to hear. These guys are the sound of the future. This is what hip-hop music should sound like in 2018. They are at the forefront of modernizing rap music. Clean traditional beats, I love them, right? I love traditional, you know, 90s style, prior influenced albums and such, but like there's something to be said for the the groups and the acts that are pushing music forward and they're utilizing the full potential of current technology and the potential for sounds and pushing that to its limit is like the most interesting and exciting thing you can do as a musician. And these guys are, are just leading that wave in my opinion. Um, they recorded Iridescence, this is a fun fact, at Abbey Road Studios in London. Very infamous studio. And it, I don't know if they got like some new toys over there or, or access to technology or soundboards they didn't previously have. But these instrumentals are definitely different. I would categorize them as more of like cold, steely, and distant than any of their previous work on any of the saturations. There are a couple of outliers like San Marcos or something about him that have your kind of classic BH sound of like warm... Friendly beats, but for the most part, this is you know verging more towards the industrial sound, more of like a metallic and colder sound. And I love their use of vocal scratching. That was another thing that made the production really nice. Uh, Producer Romil chopped up you know pieces of of vocals on songs like Wait to weave them into the beat and just absolutely carry you away. When the drums and the vocal scratching hit on that song Wait, it's just a trip. It takes you on a complete journey. Just clears your head. Really amazing production. Um, there's also this like pulsating heavy reverb bass that was showing up, and it was insane. The end of Berlin, it becomes very prominent and it feels like it's like ready to just explode through, but it's just barely held back and suppressed. And that was a theme on here that I noticed a lot. It seemed like a lot of the bangers were like held back and a bit like tamed. They didn't really get em, let them get crazy. There was this like monster of energy like hiding underneath everything that just wasn't quite let loose. I was hoping it would break out for some more, like, off-the-wall chaos, like the track Vivid, which was one of the sickest songs on here. The beat drop when Matt comes in is insane. I'm going to play that later. And my theory for why they did this, and I'm hoping this is the case, is that they're kind of hinting that, you know, they have this intense energy just kind of bottled up, and they didn't quite let it loose on Iridescence, but maybe their next album is going to open the gates for just these explosive bangers, similar to, like, what happened on Saturation 1 to 2. They showed signs of it on one, and then two, it just exploded. And that's where you get, you know, the majority of the Hampton, like, quote-unquote, bangers. But yeah, the, the replay value, or the production value, I'm sorry, is still really high. I mean, just so many progressions and beat changes, and just so many different sounds utilized and experimented with. It makes for a captivating album just in that sense. And then if we look at the member performances, I can honestly say that they made me forget about Amir. Like, the first time I listened to this album, I was like, oh, I want him, I need him. But, like, after three, four, five listens, I was like, they don't need him. They really don't. Like, I forgot about him. And as much as I loved him, he was probably the most static of the group, the least flexible to mesh with whatever had to happen on his song. And once again, like, in general, these verses are driven by emotion and personal connection. I can't sit here and tell you that they're the greatest lyrical rappers of all time or anything like that. I think Dom is a really good rapper. He's head and shoulders above the rest as far as technical ability and lyricism. But the rest of them just they live off of emotion and eccentricity and just letting their personalities just come through in such a vibrant fashion. Songs like Tape and San Marcos and Tanya provide some just gut-wrenching performances, really personal subject matter whether they're dealing with like family relations on Tanya or like mental health or suicidal thoughts. Or just like wanting to stay true to themselves. It's, it's really like cleansing music. And it's one of the reasons that I really, really mess with these guys. Their subject matter is always close to heart and introspective. I will say I, I didn't like the recorded version of Tanya as much as the live version that uh, they performed on Jimmy Fallon a few months ago. When that came out, I was in love with that song. But I really do think it it was delivered better organically than when they added all the after effects to it. And for whatever reason, Dom's verse, like, he flowed differently and it was much more choppy and it it didn't really sound good. I'm going to be honest, it didn't sound good. But still, as far as the writing goes, it was a phenomenal track. And the other thing that lets them kind of get by without being necessarily lyrical genius in, in, like, the technical aspects is their flows, they're always changing things up. Uh, they did get stuck a little bit on Saturation 3 with what was starting to become titled the Brockhampton flow, which was strongly inspired by Amir Van, and he was always kind of stuck in the same lane to a degree, and I think he was pulling people into that. But here they were really free. I think Dom did this the best. I mean, he was really creative with his flows, always switching them up and innovating. He never really sounded the same on any song. And then I gotta give it up for Joba. I Joba had just he killed this album cover to cover every time he was on like his verses his hooks his singing his rap performances everything was so on point I don't think I've ever heard one specific member of Brockhampton dominate an album to the degree that Joba has done on iridescence he has this like schizophrenic vocal pitch that jumps all over the place and at times he he's like barely even rhyming phrases or words but he's just so honest to what he's trying to say. And you can just feel every emotion that he feels. And he just lets his character bleed out all over these tracks. He legitimately might have had the best verse on every song he was on. He was that good. A lot of people, it's been an embrace debate. Some people think he's phenomenal on this album. Some people think he's trash. I think that's due to his, like I like to call it his schizophrenic character. He's just Bounced off the wall, super eccentric, so many vocal inflections and changing his pitch, and some people I just don't think are comfortable with it, but other people really appreciate it for what it is. I do have to admit that Brock Hampton, for the first time, had a decent amount or a a fair set of skippable songs on here. Uh, The track Something About Him feels out of place. It feels like an interlude. It's just Kevin Abstract just kind of solo, singing about his boyfriend and... Except for the bareface outros, we've never heard just a sole Brockhampton member on a full song. And I don't know, I just think they work much better when it's teamwork and their verses are playing off of each other. When he was just out there on his own for like a minute and a half, it just felt like an out-of-place interlude. And then I had the same feeling on Where the Cash At, which seems like it should have been like a lead single for a Merlin Woods solo album with a Matt Champion feature. And neither of these tracks just felt like Brockhampton teamwork efforts to me. You also have songs like uh, District and Berlin, which feel like they should have been bigger than they were. I kind of addressed this earlier, but if they had added a couple more like layers to the instrumentals to really round them out and bring a more of a hype appeal to the songs, they felt a little bit one-dimensional. And this was really only those two tracks, which is very strange for Brockhampton. Usually they're very layered very abstract and these two just I felt like they were missing a full element and a struggle that Brockhampton has faced I've praised a lot of their usage of auto-tune because I do think it amplifies their characters and their deliveries but whenever they put it on Don McLennan it to me he's the best rapper in the group and he sounds clean and precise as is to me he just doesn't need all these after effects put on top of him because he's Able to you know convey everything he's trying to get across with his elite writing, and when they threw this effect on his voice for Thug Life, it sounded like his voice was cracking every other word, and again, it just it sounded a little bit ugly to me. I liked the words that he wrote, but it just sounded strange, and so I think there were a couple uh, hit and miss attempts with auto tune usage on Iridescence. Um, But overall, a lot of great aspects about this album. Reminds me why I fell in love with them in the first place. I don't think it's quite saturation level, but it is still just a breathtaking musical performance. And this is presumably a a part of a trilogy here as the last track, Fabric, ends with what sounds like an intro to their next album. Who knows when that will be, but the uh, Saturation trilogy, the albums, I believe, were released in like June... August, and December. So three and six months. We'll see if we get a similar timeline with the Iridescent series. But I have to say, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. One I'm probably going to end up replaying the most just because of the relatability and the connectability I have uh, with Brockhampton's music. My favorite tracks on here would be Tape, Vivid, Wait, Joe Vert, and San Marcos. My least favorites were Something About Him, District, and Where the Cash At. I would recommend this album to you if you like Kanye West, Injury Reserve, or N.E.R.D. And overall rating, I'm going to give this a very biased 8.5 out of 10. And I'll play uh, two songs that are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Tape is one of the most introspective and personal songs on Iridescence. And then I'm going to play Vivid, which is one of the rare, just off-the-wall chaos bangers. And I love the way Matt and Dom flow on it. So this is Tape and Vivid. By Brockhampton off their new album, Iridescence.
1: I could barely rap, I could barely dance, I could barely laugh, I could barely hang into the mail stripper, do a belly dance. For me and my boyfriend, it's the same, and I'm drunk as fuck, my nigga sucks up. I'm the reason to get my bucks up, I'm the reason to care about society, and good enough reason just to hire me. But honestly, see, my mom can't walk, My somewhere long I'm worried we used to. I feel like it's my fault because of music. I be saying shit just fucking rude and untrue, and, but truthfully, the worst had damage, is cool to me. But even more cruel to be, this year in front of niggas that pay to hear me. Sometimes I be wondering why I be tripping off, and I should probably spend my time writing rhymes to the dentist soft Possess, killing two birds and one stone When I was younger, way before I was grown I wanna deal with death row I'm Sayers I'm saving my time for mics later I might save it Depending on the shit that y'all write later I hate writers, I hate tweets, I hate journalists They hate truth, they hate peace They want my niggas to burn a fist Flicking on the face of my wrist Watch, watch the time stop Just to speed up Watch life unfold In between the TikToks Speed it down the one way Fuck these signs, fuck these lights Put my life on the line When it feels right, I'm fine. No, I'm not lying. Don't ask me. I pay the fine, I pay the toll. Just hope I don't crash it. But hey, if I do, it would be a blaze of glory. Manifestation of death behind me All my life I felt inadequate And through the years I've dealt with Tragedy after tragedy, God Send a message, send a messenger my way Never claimed to be a saint, forgive me Feel like the light that I was blessed with is diminished I'm Haunted by the visions of my youth turn true I've come to expect my expectations aren't true But I'm a master of believing my lies and you can't break me And I can't break At the speed of light I'm afraid to shit a bed What if she want money later Like she got laid off Uh, hit my lawyer for some paper I'm afraid this be my pains Like you lucky where you at You cool But quit complaining about all that That's why I'm showing up late I'm not trying to be a dick But my time is not to waste For my shell For the small town Where my sense sensei Where my at? Four cylinder go round Lincoln time call, pick me up Drop me off I got bubble under my biceps Sneak me into the side Step. Ego is getting sized look, I be on butterfly face Fuck it, I'll be myself now, tell them I take no shit now Tell them they work for me now, tell them my tears they bleed down Tell them I work like, what, what time for me now Wondering who is me now, wondering where you been now Lose you in crowd I see now, 14 I see them all inside of me now Making count move like speeds now, thinking from ways to feed now Thinking of ways to be Know, what? Como, Sadice, don't touch on me with them dados. I minimize all your credentials. I maximize all of my pesos. I want the best that can do it. Give it to me straight, don't dilute it. I want handed like there On your the pen, I go in chair. Up and down like go for real. Head on me like old wheel. With a smell like ocean air. way too deep like Pepsi of air. Need a smoking shot of whiskey. diamonds bitch like all it Chrissy talking, smell. Don't get lippy, lip on you. Oh, don't forget me. me e, e, e. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take like me, No, no, no. Is present Got my reflection Irridescent Every little moment I step in my shift The plan is direction Glitching the system Is present You might wanna check The connection I don't give a fuck About fresh I don't give a fuck About veterans. If your perception Ain't ascending It's the reason For extension am my energy This shit only happens Once in a century It's elementary When all you speak Is rudimentary Paradidus hitting And needles Lappin' the So please don't get In mistaken Opportunity taken Didn't wanna be patient We had to fight For the same Ain't no idea. Addict- complacent they miss respect man to play and reclaim this fight from the basement so tell me who you again oh you was this you was that but now you watch that you hate it you taking shots at above us i got two drones at the station hit the button they might come and leave your legacy vacant you paid the plan we didn't want to get demolished with demolished with it. Hey, hey. We get money get tell me money princess i said so hey. even though my teeth not gold
0: You just heard Tape and Vivid from Brockhampton's Iridescence album. Supposedly it's going to be a trilogy and we'll have more Brockhampton coming soon. I can't wait. So I'll keep you guys up to date on that. But we got to jump into our Hot in the Streets song of the week right now. And we got a great one. We got two West Coast powerhouses teaming up. The R&B frontrunner Anderson .Paak getting the king of Compton, Kendrick Lamar, on his new song Tints. This is a single for his upcoming album, Oxnard. Oxnard is a city in Southern California that Anderson Pack resides in. That should be coming any week now. And Tints is an awesome way to intro you to that album. I mean, this song is an absolute groove. The two work very well. I mean, they come from somewhat different worlds. Obviously, Anderson Pack is more of a singer. Kendrick is one of the greatest rappers that we've ever seen. But they they mesh together, they fit well, they kind of both take one step towards each other. They're obviously united by their West Coast influences and their love for the West Coast. And it just makes for like one of the biggest grooves that I've heard in a long time. There's not a lot of people getting on the funk wave and doing the funky, jazzy, groovy, bassline heavy uh, type music that Kendrick Lamar kind of did on To Pimp a Butterfly, and stuff that Anderson Pack has been living in for some time now. And it sounds awesome on tense. My one complaint is like, he's dropping this in October. You know, I know it never rains in Southern California. It's all sunshine there. But up in Connecticut, man, I, I could have used this over the summer. This is a summer song through and through. And he's dropping it as the winter months are approaching. Come on, bro. I just want to roll around, you know, with the windows down blaring this. But I can't be doing that when it's like 45, 50 degrees out, you know? And I guess this is a theme for these R&B cats because my man Miguel dropped the sunniest, brightest album of 2018 with War and Leisure, and he dropped that, I think, in November. So I guess these R&B cats are just, you know, they're, they're selfish. They're living in these warm climates, and they just drop their music. Just they don't care about us up in the north when it's going to be cold. We can't listen to this, this sunny music. We got the the Earl Sweatshirt months on the horizon here. You just you just hunker down, you play some of the coldest, darkest Hardest music out there. But they're going to come through, and and we're going to get this album Oxnard, which, by the way, Anderson Pack has, uh, he's hinted that there's going to be J. Cole, Pusha T, Kendrick, and a bunch of other features on this album. It's going to be fantastic, and I bet he's going to drop it in, like, three months, and I'm going to be listening to this in a a goddamn snowstorm. But anyway, if you ignore me going off on a selfish environmental tangent, Tince is... A great song and it is your hot in the streets song of the week. So let's get to it. You are about to get the grooves right here. The funk is about to be within you. Tense by Anderson Pack featuring Kendrick Lamar.
1: I've been feeling kinda cooped up, cooped up. I'm trying to get some fresh air. Hey when well, you got the roof out, roof out, you know it never rains here. Yeah. And you ain't gotta flash when you're taking your picture. You ain't gotta drown no extra retention. Papa might wanna shoot ya, shoot ya, nigga's time for less out here. I can't be flying down that yeah. With the bad bitch in my whip. I need dance I need my windows tinted And it's no good for me. It's so good for them I need dance I need this. my tinted I got way too much to lose So I'm gonna go real quick I need dance I need tests. You probably think a nigga trolling Line. Or showing out for the cameras right. Fuck I'm doing fish bowling 100,000 on the passenger Bitch I'm Kendrick Lamar, respect me from afar I was made in this image, you call me a god Everybody in attendance, I'm about to perform Everybody get offended by the shit I got on Like can you buy that nigga, now honey horse Can you drop that nigga a G5 Can you fly that nigga, I need 10 So I can look at the snakes and poses I need 10, cause bomb head is non-disclosure I need 10, so I can live with a peace of mind Without niggas taking a peace of mind And peace be still and not do fine So Fix it, ticket. You pull me over, and might see one of your bitches. I'm running I need I can't be flying down that window Put the bad bitch in my with ah!
0: That was Tints by Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar. The vibes are unreal. Vibes on vibes, on top of vibes, inside of grooves, with a side of funk. I can't wait for this new Oxnard project. The last we heard from Anderson Pack as a solo effort was Malibu in 2016, which was off the charts good. Would highly recommend. But let's get into what we know is dropping and what has dropped. So new music announcements, new music wrap-up. Last Friday, September 28th, we got Carter 5 by Lil Wayne. We've been waiting, what, seven years for that thing? Finally got it. Incredible project. We also got Young Sinatra 4 by Logic. There You Have It by Reason. Gnar Life 3 by Lil Nar. Elephants on Acid by Cypress Hill. And The Sword by Andy Mineo. And then just yesterday, October 5th, we got Drip Harder by Gunna and Lil Baby. Mud Boy by Sheck West. Dime Trap by T.I. Gangland Landlord by Mozzie. Beloved by Dave East and Styles P. The Lost Tapes by Ghostface Killa. Me Vita Local by Atmosphere. And Project Zero by Chester Watson. So that was a lot of names. A lot of new music still coming out. A great time to start getting into hip-hop music heavy. And I'll do my best to be the guiding voice for your hip-hop explorations. I hope you keep coming back and thank you for listening. If you want to support the show... Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. It also really helps me out if you drop ratings or reviews on there. That's huge for me. And then also, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, you can contact me on Instagram, at hiphopenth. Let me know what you think about the show. If there's anything I should change, I will take your recommendations, suggestions, whatever you got. But until next time, this has been The Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast. I'm Kyle French. I'm signing off. I'll catch you guys next week for another wrap-up. Of hip-hop music and culture. I'll see you then. Peace.